We've had two matches since our last show. We've won them both. We haven't conceded a goal. Our new goalkeeper is a trinky-dinky, chippy-dippy, pelly rainbow of a love Ramesses. Things for us LFC fans are almost as rosy as Edward Wood's butt cheeks after he got home from Old Trafford last night. And although time has been rushing at us like Anthony Knockout, we've lobbed him, taken an extra touch, and with a gentle stroke of the outside of our right boot, we bring you the cherished listener, episode 5 of Cop On. As ever, please feel free to stalk us on Twitter, at Cop On Podcast, or send us your malware, ransom notes, or death threats via email to coponpodcast at gmail.com. Right, we have so much to get through, so let's dive in there quicker than Augustus Gloop into a chocolate river. I'm joined today by someone who won't let me have anything without jumping on it, throwing it against a wall, and destroying it, and then blaming me as I weep uncontrollably and helplessly. It's my very own brother. Andrew Beefy Thomas. Say hello, Beefy. Hello, Owen. And can I just publicly also say sorry for any psychological damage I may have caused you during your upbringing? No problem. We shall start today with an appraisal of where we're at, leading with a rather controversial opinion. You don't like Alison, do you, Beefy? <laughs> well, that's the, uh, the proverbial doozy right up front there. Thank you, Owen. Uh, it's not like I don't like Alison. Um, I think he's come in and he is... Uh, he has given the entire defensive line a lift and a confidence boost. The only thing I would say about him is as I watch him play, uh, I have to admit to certain shudders of terror when I see him uh, skirting that fine line between confident, uh, playful goalkeeping out of the back and, and abject recklessness. So that's why, I mean, I, he's, I think he's done tremendously well, saved tremendous amount. You know, he had a great save in the last games. Passing stats are incredible. I just think, I feel at this point, he's one or two mistakes away from eroding all of that confidence. Well, yes, I mean, Alan Shearer and Ian Wright said more or less the same thing. I mean, we, you know, looking at that, that little dink he did the other day, that will give other strikers in the Premier League confidence, you know, the, the terrier type like like Vardy to chase him down even harder. So you, you would agree with them, would you, as a bad thing? I think it's borderline reckless and, and, and often needless. You know, when I, I think of a goalkeeper, I think he has so many other a- assets and facets to his game. Uh, he's a, he, he seems to be a, a, a fantastic shot stopper who can command his area and read the defensive line really well. He doesn't need to take so much risk when he's the last man uh, in front of an empty goal. So yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that opinion. Well, fair enough. I mean, you haven't been t- uh, twittering what I've been twittering, which is, uh, you know, I've been looking at GIFs of uh, Alisson's <laughs> former exploits and uh, you should see the back heels and the... Oh, you'd, it would age you. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Beefy, three games, three wins, three clean sheets. What has pleased you most about our start? Oh, it's been great so far. I think the most pleasing thing uh, has been the points on the board, right? Just to look at that table, seeing us right at the top, uh, nine points from three games and zero goals conceded. Uh, the, the points, are, I, I think, are are the most pleasing aspect. It's one thing to play really well and draw a couple of games, but to 
to play well, I wouldn't say at our best, but to play well uh, and to win all of our games without conceding um, and to have nine points at this point is, uh, is fantastic. Well, yes, and, and does this feel different to any other good start that we've had that you remember? Uh, I think it does, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the nucleus of the team, there's probably, you know, seven or eight players that had such a strong second half of last season and have been carried through into this season. Uh, so the nucleus, there's a, there's a, there's a core, a stable core of players playing really well as a team and then throwing in there now, you know, some world-class talent, including Alisson, uh, Keita in the middle, uh, Shakiri and and, and uh, Fabinho, we've let we've really yet to see, but uh, it does feel different because we have we're building on on a on on a huge amount of momentum and positivity coming into the season, and I think we've added to that um, as well with the additions to the squad. So it does it feels that we are on firmer ground uh, than in the last couple of times where we've had a, a re, you know relatively good start to the season. Um, yes, well, yeah, it does feel. It does feel rather brilliant, doesn't it? But seeing as Man City got 12 wins and one draw from their opening 13 last season, which is pretty ridiculous, how excited are we allowed to get? I think that's right. I think we can get very excited about the brand of football that we're playing. And it is a thrill uh, to see Liverpool play right now. And the excitement builds during the week. You know, whether we keep on winning or not, um, it's kind of secondary to an extent, right? Because we can feel excited about the way the positivity, the way the, the club is 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 moving. Uh, all, you know, all elements of the club seem to be moving in the right way. The team is playing really attractive football. So I think we can get ex- very excited and continue to be excited about that. Uh, I think where you're really going with your question is, well, how excited can we be? What expectations can we set on ourselves? And that one, yeah, it's uh, it's too early to say. I think Man City have done well. They, you know, they they dropped a couple of points last weekend, but up until that point, have looked uh, pretty much as formidable as they were last year. I think Chelsea, you know, obviously three wins from three. Tottenham, three wins from three, uh, are still going to be right up there. You know, Chelsea in particular, I, I don't think have got enough of the the headlines or that have had enough of the conversation around title winning aspirations as they probably should have um, and I think so it's going to be very close four or five teams are going to be right up there this year so yeah expectations somewhat tempered but no excitement absolutely justified and I can see that uh, continuing it's a fine answer it's an excellent answer um, okay go, going on to the defense let's let's be a bit more specific we've got three clean sheets so far as you said how hard would it be now for Dayan Degsy Lovren to get back into the team? Joe Gomez has been ripping it up, hasn't he? He has. He's done really well. and he, He's fulfilling, uh, going back to the topic of expectation, a lot of the expectation has been building around him for the last couple of years. You know, we all thought that he would ultimately end up in the centre of defence. And, uh, you know, having a partner like Van Dijk alongside him, I think he has benefited enormously from that and they've started to, to get a fantastic partnership now you know it's up to Dejan Lovren who is a World Cup finalist and a and a world-class defender to come in and uh, disrupt that you know you look at Van Dijk and Gomez they're, they're three wins from three with no goals conceded so I think Dejan's going to have to earn his way back into the team um, but I do think he's a world-class talent and I think that you know Gomez still being a young player relative I think he's 20 or 21 
uh, three consecutive games. He's going to need to, to, to have a rest pretty soon, I think. So I think there'll be some nat- a natural way for Dayan to come in anyway, but I think he's going to have to earn the right to be a starting centre-back, which is pretty much what we, uh, what we would like to have. Right? That's the dynamic that you want to have amongst anyone on the team. Okay, so he's he's been doing he's been doing really well. Um, let's say for example, Joe Gomez makes one mistake in our next match against Leicester. Uh, then we're going into the international break. Um, would you drop Gomez and bring in Lovren for the Tottenham match? Are we on this sort of you know one mistake and you're out routine, or is that not Klopp's style? I don't think it's Klopp's style. You can look at uh, Dejan Lovren himself and Karius and Mignolet to an extent. I mean, you know, when, when Klopp has faith in his players, he, he gives them the benefit of the doubt. He gives them chance to prove themselves, uh, you know, with the odd aberration notwithstanding. And I, I think with Gomez, it's more about managing, you know, the fact that he's a young kid and he's just broken into the first team for the first time. So, you know, as he as and when he makes mistakes, I don't think it's a given that he's going to be dropped, but I do think that it's going to be uh, a learning experience for him and how he reacts to that in the, in the following training uh, that happens. And Klopp's going to be watching for that. And I think, you know, how he responds to that will largely determine whether he stays in, not the fact that he made a mistake. I think that's going to be uh, uh, too harsh and not in Klopp's way mm, i'm inclined to agree um moving on to brighton then more specifically how well did the defense do against them beefy got, got any stats for us i do actually uh Ooh. i thought the defense was fantastic you know uh the only clear sh- chance i can remember uh from that game was the one two minutes with two minutes to go or so when uh allison had that header wonderfully saved on the line and uh, you know up until that point I think the defense had been pretty much in control uh what was interesting for me was last week uh hearing Klopp after I think it was the the Palace game came out in the media and said that uh you know he wanted he publicly wanted more from his his fullbacks right from Alice uh sorry from uh, Alexander Arnold and Robertson and I think they did respond, right, in uh, the Brighton game. So I think the fullbacks were more mobile. Uh, Alexander Arnold, in particular, one or two beautiful touches. Of, oh, uh, you're thinking uh, of the you're thinking of the sixty yard outside of the boot screamer to Mo Salah. That's right on, on the half volley. Oof. Uh, I thought it was wonderful, you know. And and but it, outside of that, he was up and down the wing. Robertson put in a couple of fantastic crosses. One to Firmino, I think that that should have been a goal. Uh, a great header from a great save from a great Brighton save, goal, yes. goalkeeper. Um, so I was happy with the fullbacks, the centre backs, as we talked about. Uh, again, very solid. Virgil, I think, winning everything in in the air. Um, the the stats show, you know, Liverpool had a 61% tackles one ratio, 42% uh, to Brighton. Uh, Liverpool won 13 tackles to Brighton's nine. Um, 12 chances to clear we, we cleared all 12 Brighton had 33 chances to clear and cleared all 33 as well so um but other outside of that I think the, the stats suggest Liverpool edged it in terms of percentage duels won uh, and I think that was my read on it as well very solid performance defensively let's move into the midfield then um three players the same three players for the first three games with our three wins and three clean sheets the first one 
Jeannie Vinealdum playing as the six. Mm. What did you make of him? Oh, I think it was, again, fantastic. I think if you look across all three of them, actually, just to step back a little bit, Cater, uh-huh. uh, Wijnaldum and uh, Milner, I think they, as a unit, are a very structured team. They seem to know where everyone else is. They seem to make the right decisions. Right? Milner, in particular, I also say Wijnaldum too, right? If you if it's a if it's a three-yard pass that needs to be had, they will do a three-yard pass. If it's a an outside of the boot, 20-yarders, or cross, you know, switching the field of play, they will do that. They seem to make the right decisions. I think Klopp has gone for a very structured, very thoughtful, very professional trio there. Um, Wijnaldum, I think, has just hit this, you know, he's come into the, the, the season, probably didn't expect a starting position, I wouldn't have thought, um, but has seemed to grow into it, you know, and as I say, his, his reading of the game uh, and his, uh, his selflessness, right, to go up and down, uh, support the defence as much as the attack, I think he's, he's done brilliantly so yeah. far. Yeah, there were some great stats on him. Um, according to Opta, I got this from the official site, uh, liverpoolsfc.com. Uh, according to Opta, Bayonaldo did not misplace a single pass until the 80th minute of the Brighton match. Mm. He, he played 76 passes in total in the match with 98.7% accuracy. And more than half of those came in Brighton territory with 100% accuracy in the Brighton half. It's unbelievable. He took 93 touches of the ball, contested 12 duels, made three tackles, one interception and one block, uh, while no other player on the pitch was fouled more than him. He was fouled four times. Um, 98.7% accuracy. Normally, you look at about 85 as a very strong performance from a Premier League player. So 987 is pretty amazing. What about Naby Keita? So much expectation. Has he fulfilled his expectation? Talking about the E-word again? Yeah, he is certainly starting to. Uh, as as I think about the the four or five faces we brought into the club the last couple of months, Cater uh, is the one that looks like he's been at Liverpool for years. You know the fact that he can go straight into the team and inherited the number eight shirt. I think he's the first person to wear that shirt, isn't he? Since since Gerard, since Gerard yes, uh, and you know has looked like he's been there for years. And 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 again, somebody who makes intelligent choices, supports the defence as much as the attack. Uh, extremely mobile, uh, willing to get forward, willing to take risks, uh, and I think he's, you know, he's just going to get better and better. And I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see how the season uh, unfolds for him and how he, he learns more about the runs of Firmino and the runs of Mane and, and Salah ahead of him and, and how to anticipate those, like you know, like Coutinho did. Um, I think we'll see a lot more creativity from Cater as well, as well as the dynamism, as well as the up and down. Well, that was one thing we we sort of lacked, sort of, the other day. I mean, I think that we we had something like 21 shots and we had seven shots from inside the box, something like that. Maybe you could check it, Beefy. But I think it was something like that. And, um, you know, about our creativity, something was a little bit lacking. I thought Mane disappeared, you know, for long periods of the second half. Uh, Firmino looked pretty jaded and for the second time in second game in a row I sort of wanted him substituted a bit a bit earlier but um you know I'm I'm not that I know what I'm talking about but uh who what did you like about our attacking performance but what could we do better 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I think that uh, the front three are yet to properly gel. I think the first game against uh, West Ham, maybe it's a reflection of the opposition, but we had several excellent chances and it looked like we went straight back into it. But I do agree with you. The last couple of games, uh, Firmino has, has, has looked like he's certainly working his way back into form. And I don't think he had much of a pre-season, which is probably having an effect on him. Uh, Mane, I, I uh, have to confess that his performance was solely because I was picking him up before the game and said I think he's going to score a few and he's looking really sharp. So that was the that your was, fault. That was my fault. Okay. That, uh, he would of course have a game where you know, and the first couple of games in the season he had, I thought, I thought this game, yeah, he was a little bit uh, off the pace. Um, but you know, I think it is they're so good and they're they're so uh, proven and used to playing as a trio that I think uh, the more game time they have, particularly with such a broken preseason, I think the, the better. I do agree with you, though, that uh, the second half in particular, uh, the creativity seemed to drop quite substantially. You know, the first half, there were probably four or five chances, I remember. The goal, I thought, was beautifully taken by, by Salah. Uh, but after that, I don't remember a huge amount of clear-cut chances and I thought you know I know Sturridge came on didn't really do too much tried to get involved but didn't really do too much but you know someone like a Shakiri, um I think could have made a, a bit of an impact uh, but yeah I, I agree with you I think Cater um, Henderson you know offers a little bit more perhaps in midfield I think yeah creativity from the middle of the pitch to the the edge of the box uh, I think is is something that that we, you know is something we, we can improve on in our future games yeah good yeah i yeah totally agree with you so very quickly i want to tell you about 12 dot football if you're looking for analytics and football analytics this is a great site to use 12 dot football and it's a very complicated process i won't explain it here uh, but basically they put uh, in the leaderboard liverpool versus brighton and hove albion um they had james milner as scoring the most points according to their analytics. He was the man of the match with Joe Gomez second, Salah third, Firmino fourth, Van Dijk fifth. Would you agree with any of that? Who was your man of the match? Uh, I thought Milner had a fantastic game again. I thought uh, I actually thought Wijnaldum had a very solid game too and he's, as a, he's I think, lower down in this ranking. But um, yeah, I, I would agree with Milner. I think Gomez, Milner and Gomez, um, I can't argue with that. I thought they were great. Well, who were the most disappointing was yeah was probably Mane. Um, I don't know how that how did that website rank it the same way. Well, yes, they did indeed. They they put Sadio Mane near the bottom. Um, you know, Jordan Henderson, who came on yeah. as a substitute. I mean, he's he's eleventh on the list, but he actually had a very good game. Um, if you just take his thirty minutes into account, that I think it's that's why he's eleventh. It's just because it's thirty minutes out of ninety, whatever. Um, but anyway, okay. Well, thank you very much, Beefy. And so, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, with ten being absolutely, of course, are we gonna win the league? <laughs> uh, that is, uh, uh, of course, the question on everyone's minds. I, well, I, I'm not gonna publicly claim that we're gonna win the league. I think there's. Uh, oh God. I will not. I'm not gonna set myself up for that. I think we have a very good chance of being uh, at the very top of the table. <laughs> um, so if 10 was an absolute dead cert, they're, they're every, every other player on every other team is 
died or, or maimed or something like that, then I think we're probably about an 8.5. Excellent. Thank you very much, Beefy. Right. And uh, we can now escape. We're under a bed sheet for the acoustics uh, of this weird thing. And it's very hot. We're in Spain. We're on holiday. And we're bringing this to you live. There's a special announcement coming very, very soon for you. But before that, I've got a trivia question. We have two of the top five passers in the Premier League so far this season, listeners. Who are they? Can you figure it out? Hmm. I'll give you the answer after this special announcement. You. Yes, you, you gorgeous thing. Can now support Cop On via patreon.com slash podcast by contributing as little as one US dollar each month which is practically the price of breaking wind, you'll automatically be entered into a draw with some fantastic prizes. The more subscribers we get, the more prizes you can win, and the more chance you have of winning. Head over to patreon.com slash podcast for more details. Walk on, talk on, and, sisters and brothers, cop on. The answer to the trivia was Virgil van Dijk in second position and James Milner in fifth. Last night, I recorded a conversation with a lifelong Leicester City fan whose name is Lee Chapman. No relation to the ex-Leeds pro. And he has an amazing story to tell. Here's that conversation for you. Leicester City, OK. Um, you somehow lost your first match, very embarrassingly, 2-1 at Old Trafford. Uh, before beating Wolves 2-0 at the King Power and then winning 2-1 away at Southampton on the weekend. For many fans of many teams, six points from nine would be a very decent return. But I've seen quite a bit of criticism on a couple of Leicester forums that I've checked out, especially criticism of the manager. Um, What do you make of the start to the season, Lee? And uh, what's the general mood amongst the Leicester fans as well? Okay, so uh, to be honest with you, I think the, the, the opening game against Man United, uh, I, I think that the scoreline was quite harsh because we, we pretty much dominated the game throughout. Um, who hasn't at Old Trafford recently, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to score your goals, you know. Um, you've got to put your chances away in the Premier League. And that, that happened at Wolves, uh, at home against Wolves. Uh, but they, they dominated us down our own ground. Uh, they had twice to three times the, the amount of chances that we had, uh, but yet they, they just couldn't score. They hit the post twice, they hit the bar, uh, you, you know, and, and we, we took our advantage and, and we scored our, our chances, and that's, that's the Premier League. You've got to take your chances in this league. It's simple as that. This isn't the championship where you get far more chances. This is Premier League. But back in Leicester at the minute, uh, the, the pure thing, uh, our manager... We're so used to playing a fast-paced counter-attacking style of, of football for the last few seasons before Puel stepped in. Uh, I think fans are, are struggling to adapt and change uh, their own ways and their own mindset on the way that he wants to, you know, to go forward. Because we've not got the same squad as we had when we won the Premier League. We was, we was a counter-attacking side and no one seemed to be able to defend against us. We just went out like RAF jets, you know, boo, 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 boo. And... Yeah, I think Pule's obviously changed his tactics a lot. Uh, unfortunately, though, it doesn't come with uh, the excitement of, of counter-attacking style football at all. Um, some fans are a little bit bored of his style of play, but 
two years ago, if we did this uh, the way we did with Southampton, so for instance, we play poor, but we, we ground out a result, people would say that that's the sign of champions, right? The sign of champions is even no matter what, how you play, if you win, it's a sign of champions. But yet two years on, and it's if you play negatively but still win, the fans seem to still, uh, you know, pick at the players and pick at the manager. So I don't know. Maybe there's a. Uh, it's hard to explain. You know, people seem to forget things very quickly in this modern day football. They do indeed. They do indeed. Okay. Well, so from going on to the weekend's game, then from back to front, what kind of team uh, formation uh, do you expect will line up against Liverpool at the King Power? We're playing tonight, actually. We're on right now. We're winning 3-0, uh, and we're playing our uh, B team against Fleetwood Town. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, Jamie Vardy's old side. Um, but he's red-carded from, you know, obviously, the last game, so he still can't play. Uh, and he obviously won't be playing against you either. So you're definitely not going to have our fastest forward up front to worry about. Mm. That, that's, that's a certain. But Inacio, Kilici Inacio has just scored in the 46th minute. So that, that's a bonus to us. Uh, he's playing well. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can see he's getting a goal against you guys. Um, I'm not sure. I, mean, I can imagine it's going to be the same, same squad as we've played, to be fair. It's going to be um, wing-backs with Pereira and uh, Chilwell on the left and right. with three at the back. Uh, and, yeah, I'd say Madison in the middle with Damari Gray and probably Inacio up front. He's a pretty strong side. And how is, how is Ian Nacho doing now? Because, I mean, obviously he had a big move from, from Man City to, to Leicester, you know, thrust into the spotlight. He didn't do so well at first. He had a bit of a dip, didn't he? But, I mean, how is he, how is he now? Is he, is he better? I think, I think when, you, when you come to a side like Leicester that have just won the Premier League and you're, you're trying to get into the team... Uh, how do you how do you get in, how do you take someone's spot like Jamie Vardy who's obviously you know broke that record and he he, he always scores a, a good amount of goals for you know for not lesser on an average side but like you know I suppose not in the top six Vardy still gets a good amount of goals in the season how do you take his place you know how do how do you prove your worth if you're not played um, but at the minute he's being played a fair bit so he, he's proven his worth and. Maybe he'll score some more goals this season, but I don't think he's the uh, the, the final article yet. OK, and uh, who's going to be the danger man uh, for Leicester against us? To be, to be honest with you, our new signing from Norwich, Madison, uh, he's, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen some of, some of his uh, skills. Have, and some yes. of his, yeah, he looks great. He's yeah. technically Absolutely. gifted. I, I, I can't see him being at Leicester long. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're a big club, but you can always move to a bigger one, can't you? Um, I, I can't see him being at Leicester for lo- longer than two years. He's, he's that good. Quote, you can quote me on that. He will go to a big, big club. Yes, he, he looks uh, like an incredible talent. I mean, you got him for, what, 24 million? Was that right? Yeah, and he's only 21, I think. It's really? a young squad, you know, and, and we've got a lot of English talent as well. You know, you've got Damari Gray and Ben Chilwell, Harry Maguire and Madison all playing together on, on that sort of left sort of side of the pitch, in a way. It, it, it's a good setup. They've got a very good setup there. It's like the England under-21, sort of 20, you know, under-23 type sort of side. So they're all growing together as well. Excellent. And uh, are, you, are you worried about Liverpool at all? 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> Salah's a bit scary, isn't he? You know, uh, you know your, your front three are... <sighs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's our ground, so we've got the home fans. I'm going for a maybe 2-2, two, 2-1 two, two, Leicester. One more question for you. As an outsider, what do you think about Liverpool's chances of us winning the league? I think you'll be in the top three. Def- definitely in the top three. Um, with I, I think with with City, with, with yeah, it'll be, it'll be Man City, it'll be Man City uh, Spurs, and Liverpool. Uh, I can't see Liverpool, uh, Spurs winning the league. I just can't. Okay. Just from past, <laughs> you know, they always seem to fluff it near the end, don't they? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think Man City will probably run away with it again. They're just so good. I'm not saying you guys yeah. aren't good, but I, they they are I, just unbelievable, aren't they? What they well, are. They haven't, they haven't got De Bruyne, have they? Because he's been in, he's injured for quite a fair few months. So. But they have Mares. You know a lot about him. <laughs> don't don't start me on that. <laughs> oh no, I want to now. What I mean, how how is that? I mean, do you, I mean you got a fantastic price for him? Sixty million after four hundred thousand. You know what? A couple of seasons ago, if you if you check the stats between him and Coutinho, for instance, just because Coutinho's Brazilian, there's a price tag on his head before you even start. If you'd have put the stats next to each other, Morris had better stats than him, right? I'm not saying he's a better player than him. I'm just saying two years ago, if you put paper to paper, you should have got the same amount of money as you guys did for Coutinho. And, you know, mm. we didn't. That, that's how I see it, you know. But moving on from that, uh, through the, the the next two years from that point, uh, he turned into a bit of a uh, I, I don't know if I can swear on this, but he turned into a bit of a Marty git at times. Very. Um, okay. uh, he just he could only he could only play to his 100% level when he could be asked to play at his 100% level. He's one right. of these players. He can get the grumps really quick, and. It also brings a lot of trouble with Algerian fans as well. You seem to get all the Algerian fans from Algeria on your forums and everywhere, all of a sudden supporting your team, but they're not. They're just supporting that one player. Uh, it, it just got to a point where, uh, just go, because we'll get less of forums everywhere. We'll just get in abuse from all these Algerians that were holding him for ransom and blah, 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 blah. The guy signed a contract. You, you, you know what I mean? I know it's the modern day of football where contracts mean nothing, but our owners, they can hold you. They can hold you. If they, if they don't want you to go, you ain't going nowhere. That's, that's, that's it. Our owners are a, a Thailand businessmen, right? So, yeah, the whole Mara saga to me fell up. It, it was nasty near the end. It really was. Yeah. He's gone to a bigger club. That's it. We move on. We have moved on. I, I don't feel like we've missed him yet at all. Well, that's good. That's something. And where do you see uh, yourselves finishing uh, come the end of the season? In the top ten. Um, I think a a, uh, a good season for us would be eighth, seventh, pushing for sixth. That would be a very good season. Um, a good cup run, quarterfinals, semifinals of either league or the FA Cup. I really want to get our hands on that FA Cup, to be honest with you, because a lot of teams are now overlooking that as like another non-important trophy, but it's still one of the most... Oh, Leicester have just scored again. 4-0 now. Um, nice. Congratulations. <laughs> the FA Cup still, still a prestigious cup. And, you know, it's one way into Europe as well. It's the back door into Europe. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good one to win. Exactly. Absolutely, it's a good one to win. Yeah. 
I think that's the sort of trophy that Leicester should should go for. You know, focus on staying obviously staying up because that's what we did originally with the forty points. We we aimed for forty points and we ended up winning the league somehow. <laughs> Don't know how that happened. I think that was a feels like a dream still. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've been uh, checking checking out some things that are uh, related to your your Twitter account, which is at Lee underscore Chappy for those who want to yep. look you up. C H A double P Y. And you are a, a Jamie Vardy lookalike, and yep. there was a particular, particularly it seemed to, you know, very surreal, dreamlike experience you had when Leicester won the league, right? I mean, it must have been amazing. Can you tell? Can you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, so it, it completely changed my life. Um, so just put yourselves in this, this situation: uh, you're a you're a Liverpool fan um, since you were three years old. Uh, you've never you've never seen them win anything before, uh, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they win the league. And uh, a geezer that's come to sign for your for your club, I don't know, we'll just say Salah, looks just like you and is the spit of you. And the next thing you know, somehow you've ended up winging it onto the Premier League winners' title bus with all the players and hitting the media. And the next thing you know, you've got every sort of network in the world, radio, papers, everything, um, bombarding your social media, your emails, everything uh, to get a piece of you. Uh, and you're getting agents and agencies all coming at you for we can do this and you can do that and blah, blah, blah. You just Honestly, I was just a postman and I still am a postman. But when you get dropped into things like that, when you don't know nothing about it, which I didn't at the time, it's just, whoa, what the hell, you know? Um, wow. it, it changed my life, you know. I've done so many things. I've done uh, I've done TV commercials, um, body doubling up for Jamie Vardy. I've, yeah. I've 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 went away at the Euros, the World Cup. Uh, I've I've done <laughs> I've done a TV series on Channel Four called Lookalikes. That was a comedy series. Uh, Amazing. The list goes on, you know. I've, I've done loads of stuff. I've, I've been booked for parties and ugh, all sorts of events, charity football matches. I've met celebrities. I've been on ITVs this morning. I've been, I've been on everything, man. It's, it's crazy ride. Uh, I think it's about done though, because Vardy's just retired from England today. Yep. Yeah, this okay. morning, he, uh, there was a statement uh, made that he has announced his uh, international retirement, so to speak. Oh, wow. um, but with an exception that if 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 he was needed in an exceptional circumstances, he'll he'll help out and play. So like maybe an injury or something, and they've got no strikers, and they need someone. He's, he he'll be more than happy to fill that role. Okay, well, well that's intriguing. So it's probably, it's probably good news for Leicester, you know, assuming that he stays with you. Because yeah, it's massive news because you just sign a five-year contract as well uh, to to retire oh, really? here, uh, retire really? here at the club. You know that that takes him to I think twenty twenty-two or twenty twenty-three, and he'll be thirty. 536 by the time that's done so he, he he's planning on stopping here and finishing here so you know that's that's good it's good for me as it's good for me as well in a way because I, I do the odd oh, yeah. bit you know I'm, I'm part of a team called 100% LCFC like you we do a lot of stuff on Twitter and Facebook and we're, we're the biggest uh, social media group in Leicester uh, and I do like I do live show every Wednesday eight o'clock. So I'll be on tomorrow on Periscope, and you can catch me on my Twitter as well at Lee underscore Chappy. Excellent. Please do, listeners. Yeah, do that, listeners. Yeah, it's fantastic. Very interesting stuff you've got there. Yeah. 
You've also got um, retro uh, footy cases for, for telephones, for the iPhone and the Galaxy, right? They're, I checked them out. They're great. You've got some old Liverpool ones. You've got the old from the 90s, like the Carlsberg kits, and even the old Hitachi kit that you can get as a, as a phone case. Absolutely brilliant. How do, what's the Twitter handle for that as well? So that's at retro footy cases. Have a check on that. Um, we've, uh, they've got basically every single club uh, except like we're talking like League Two. Everything's there, even Scottish Premier, Scottish everything. So yeah, it's pretty cool. You can do you can do requests as well. So if there's a kit that you really fancied, like a goalkeeper kit or something that you you remember from I don't know the 80s or something, you can request that as well. So, and there's no extra charge for that. That's wonderful great well i mean you know the listeners should definitely check them out they're absolutely wonderful things um thank you so much for for joining us lee we have to that's all we've got time for for now but um it's been absolute joy to talk to you i'm going to probably dream tonight that i actually do look like mohammed salah and then uh you know he he invites me on the liverpool title winning bus but um you know thank you so much i mean I actually look a little bit like a sort of tubby Harry Potter, uh, so it's not as glamorous. But um, anyway, thank you so much for for joining me. Um, It's been absolutely great to to talk to you. And, uh, you know, apart from the weekend's match and the return match at Anfield, I do hope Leicester Leicester wins everything else. And, um, you know, thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You may have heard of Achilles the Cat. You may have heard of Paul the Octopus. But here at Cop On Podcast, we have our own psychic animal in the form of my six-year-old nephew, Alex. Here's the little tiger talking about the game against Leicester and a couple of other things as well. Young Alex, who's the best current Liverpool player and what do you like about him? I think it's Salah because he is really fast and he makes good decisions. Well, that's a good answer. And uh, what's the score going to be between Leicester and Liverpool? I think 2-1 and Liverpool won. 2-1 to Liverpool? Yeah. Excellent. And are Liverpool going to win the league this year? I don't think so. I think they're going to be second. Second? Who's going to win then? Uh, Manchester City again. Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? Well, or thanks Tottenham. very much. Or, 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 or Tottenham? Yeah, or Tottenham. Or Tottenham, yeah, because you saw the game against Manchester United, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, OK. Well, thanks very much. And thus, unfortunately, as if we were fondling a present on Christmas Eve, it's time to wrap it up. Therefore, may I say a massive thank you to our guests today, but the biggest thank you to you, our most adored listener. Please feel free to share this episode and don't forget to go to patreon.com stroke podcast for a chance to win some goodies and if you would care to support us. And so, as the song of the cicadas' endless frottage thrums in the background from Spain's Costa Blanca, hasta luego, baby. <laughs>